on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Andy. And no, we don't. We have QAF. I was oh. about to say we just did some. I, oh. Bro, see, this is what happens. We don't. We, no, this did, is your fault. You did it to me. No, this is your fault. <laughs> Listen, this is this is racism against white people. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> this is what it is. I listen. I'm tired of being victimized and a minority on my own show. I've got you. I've got Syed over there, who's Indian. I got Madad over here, who's Bosnian. You guys are always they fucked us up when they you're put always us side ganging by side. up on me. Yeah, and now now I'm fucking so worried about that I can't do my job. Hey. I anyway, yeah. What show are we doing? This is uh, this is real talk, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Today it's Q and AF. Now Q and AF is uh, our question and answer show. You could submit your questions one of a couple different ways. The first way is, guys, email those questions into askandy at andyforsella.com. And now that we're on YouTube, and if you didn't know, uh, I know most of you guys listen to audio platform, but we do upload these episodes on YouTube for you to peruse. And if you want to peruse the episodes on YouTube and drop us a question in the comments on the Q&AF videos, we will pull some questions from there as well. And they can be about anything, guys. It can be about uh, how to win, how to make more money, business, personal development, uh, what's going on in the world. We'll answer them uh, in variety on the show. If this is your first time listening, there's a couple things you need to know about the show. We have a different version. We have four different versions, five different versions of the show within the show. Today, you're going to hear Q&AF. Other times you tune in, you're going to hear CTI. CTI stands for Cruise the Internet. That's where we put topics up on the screen. We speculate about them. We talk about them. We uh, talk about what may be true, what may not be true. And then we talk about uh, how we can all be the solutions to the problems going on in the world. And we do so uh, in a very politically incorrect way. So if you're uh, a sensitive Sally, that's probably not the show for you to listen to. Uh, Other times, real talk. Real talk is five to 20 minutes of just me giving you something that I think needs to be said. And then other times we have full length. And full length is what you're used to seeing on most other podcasts where people come in, they sit in on the show and we have a conversation. Uh, And then other times, our fifth version is 75 Hard Verses, where we have people come in and talk about 75 Hard in their path. We haven't done one of those in a while, but we have a few good ones coming up. Uh, And I want to get back to doing that regularly. Now, for all of that shit, uh, you're going to notice something about the show. I don't run ads on the show. You're not going to hear me read a bunch of shit and uh, talk to you a bunch bunch of stuff that I don't use and get paid to talk about. I keep it free. I don't want to have my opinion leveraged by the powers that be, aka people that are paying me to say shit that I don't actually believe in. I don't want to listen to them bitch about the shit I say. So I don't do ads. It's not something I do. And in exchange for that, I just ask very simply, please share the show. If the show's good, if it changes your perspective, if it entertains you, if it teaches you something, if it gives you a, if it's not a waste of time, if you just think it's good content, please share the show. If we don't do a good job, you don't have to share it. But when we say pay the fee, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about paying the fee, um, sharing the show, having a conversation and helping us grow the show. You know, one of the most common things I get from you guys is, man, everybody should be listening to this. Well, dude, the only way that everybody's going to be able to listen to it is if you guys share it. That's the only way we've grown. And we've been able to maintain a top ranking across all platforms on podcasting for close to a decade now, entirely based off value exchange and word of mouth, which I'm very proud of. And so I just want to say for those of you guys that do share the show, thank you. Uh, For those of you guys that listen and don't ever share the show, fuck (laughs) off. Yeah. Share the show. (laughs) All right. Now, what do we got? Well, uh, real quick, you just, uh, you upgraded my vocabulary and I want to just say thank you for that. What did I do? You used a word that I haven't heard, peruse. Peruse. Yeah. You ever heard that word? I never used it in my life. Did you ever look it up? I did. What's it mean? It means to read something typically in a thorough or careful way. Yeah. Or well, I don't examine. know if I use it appropriately then. I, I can't remember other, how you used it. There has like, to be another definition that's more like, it's like watch. Examine carefully or at length. There you go. Yeah. That's appropriate. Peruse. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm glad. It's word of the day from yeah. Andy. <laughs> well, you know, even though you guys oppress me on my own show. <laughs> try to be helpful that's real man everything yeah. good with you we yeah. got we got to check in with somebody about are you good yeah i'm good all right well we apparently we, we have, have a, a we have a national 
hero. Yeah, a little in Batman. studio with us. A little St. Louis Batman. Not even national hero. We have an international hero. What, what should this do? We have real, the international Batman. What's his, what's his superhero name going to be? Bat-they. Bat-them. Yeah, So Bat-they. Yes. <laughs> Tell us your story of what, what happened to you. So yesterday, I'm driving to get some food to Popeye's. And, <laughs> wait, 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 and as I'm driving, wait, 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 Popeyes is some good shit, dude. Hey, bro, Popeyes Popeye slaps. Popeyes some good shit. See, yeah. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Hey, Popeyes slap. Hey, man, there's Popeyes. I, on, I get it. On there home, was a Popeyes. Uh, there was a Popeyes next to uh, our first supplement superstore. It's like right around the corner. It might yeah. still be there. It was on Sunshine in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. So we were on Campbell on South Campbell, and if you would go up to Sunshine, take a right, and go a couple miles down mm-hmm. on the right, there was a Popeyes. I was a regular there. Yo, same. I fucking love that. Same. No, my pa, I used to eat when I was on duty all the time because we ate for free. Yeah. But everything. It was, it was, yeah, anything. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? No, it, it was. You ate everything. <laughs> but no, listen, let me tell you. Look, I, I want to get to the bat, the bat day story, but I just want to explain to you guys how fucking bad my addiction was. Yeah. I would walk into the Popeyes and they would immediately say, Drop, drop five spicy tenders as soon as I fucking walked in. Yeah. So they knew that's what I ate. Yeah. All the fucking time. All right. Sorry. Bad day. All right. Continue. So was that a stereotype? No. Was that a fair stereotype or is that just what you got? No, no. That's, that's what Do I got. Do you think like, if oh, I walked into Popeye's, they would say drop five? I mean, fuck, if you chickens? were in there every fucking day, they probably I'm would. Just saying. They would like know exactly what I'm just you saying, I want the same treatment. Oh, bro. I would get Quality. it every day. Yeah, for sure. Pour that shit drop. up. Drop. Bro, some spicy tenders right, with that story. Mardi Gras mustard, bro. Yeah, shut hey, up, DJ. Shit slaps. DJ. All right, so I'm driving. I'm that in- day's got a story. <laughs> this is a safe space. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I'm in the left lane, and there's a truck in the right lane, and it's going, and it's, and it's raining, so you can't really see anything, and the road is, like, sl- very slippery. So there's a, there's a right turn, and you can go straight there. But in the middle, there's like the little triangle separator thing. Yeah, like, curb. A, like a curb. Yes. Yeah. So this truck hits the curb, and I'm watching it slowly flip over to its side. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. And First, it rests on its side. Correct. Okay. First thing I do, take out my phone, take a picture. Holy shit. Yeah. So I got the picture here. Just pull it up for you guys. It's, it's a little bit. Uh, holy shit, this happened right in front of you? Yes. Damn. All right. So what happened? So then I get out the car and. So he fucking was going and swerved a little bit to the right. I don't think he even popped swer- up. I don't think he even swerved. He I think he curve. was just going straight. And, and he hit, hit the, the curb. curb. And it popped yeah. him up and turned him over. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So I uh, put my car into hazard mode, make sure nobody's behind me. And I get out and I'm on the. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at them through the mirror, through the uh, front windshield. Windshield. Yeah. And it's two dudes. DJ size. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> one is on top of the other. And the one on bottom, his neck is like. like Crap. Crunched in there. Crunched like yeah. flat on his face. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I look to the left. And luckily there was a cop like right there. And I'm like waving my hands like, hey, help. Let's get, this, let's get these yeah. guys out of here. So the cop comes, gets out. And there's another like gentleman just walking by on the street. And he comes out too, and we try to flip the truck over first thing. Like that couldn't, tr- do it. couldn't do it. It was it was too heavy, and I too think much it was sandbags just, at the bottom of that truck. Huh? And, yeah, <laughs> all right, got it. It was like two, yeah. yeah. So two so, massive people. Yes. Yeah. So the best part is we're we're trying to like we're trying to get them out, and like the door is stuck. They can't get up. Like these dudes are like in terrible shape. They yeah. clearly don't work out. They're, like, so they're not DJs. Too. They were probably going to Popeyes too. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're right. not DJs then. So. They were pre pre. They were they were old pre, DJs. Pre meeting Andy yeah. DJ. They're yeah. like mini DJs. Yeah, and <laughs> you said mini. So <laughs> all right, motherfucker. So there's a Cecil. Bat was in a minute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's a Cecil Whitaker's right there on the on the corner. Yeah, and this Mexican dude comes out with his apron on, and he's bringing two Mexican two other Mexican dudes. Yeah, and the, this is the best part. Sorry, he's like. Are we doing this shit or what, bro? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was and ready. He, he's like, I got two more bodies. So then I think, so it's the six of us get the uh, truck flipped over finally. Damn. And the dude's like arm is like all bloodied. Yeah. I think I, I got a little bit of a bruise here too. Yeah. But you yeah. guys got it flipped over? Yeah, we got it flipped over. Fuck. Yeah. 
Those dudes would have been fucked if like nobody Did showed Did they up. get out? Were they okay? They seemed, I mean, they said they were okay, but. Ambulance coming all that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Well, good so, for you, So bro. did you cut yeah. your hand on some glass? That's how you got that? I don't know. Yeah, it must, must have been like a glass or a pinch or something. Hmm. Huh. Well, dude, yeah. that's awesome, man. Got our own little hero, man. Yeah. Bad day. Yeah, bad day. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to them? <laughs> holy shit let's do a show that wasn't it that wasn't it gotham Uh, gotham that actually is okay it's kind of funny funny. it's kind of funny yeah Yeah, man all right everybody's two dot now let's give the real shit yeah right let's get better now (laughs) yeah yeah let's get better all right right. man well it is uh it is q a and i got some good ones for you cool so let's uh let's knock these out uh question number one andy Andy, do you ever struggle with feeling guilty on days that you take off work? I found that I struggle taking time off and I feel extremely guilt, uh, guilty even when I've worked very hard to earn a day off to enjoy my hobbies. One of the reasons I became a business owner was to have a more flexible schedule. But now that I'm here, I struggle to put it to use. Do you have any tips on overcoming this? Uh, dude, I, you know, look, I think... First of all, yes. The answer is yes. I, I do struggle with that. Um, but I think where that struggle comes from, at least for me, is just the habitual nature of executing day by day by day by day over a long period of time, years and years and years, decades for me, okay? Um, and I'll use the example of when I went to Mexico as, mm-hmm. as an example. A lot of you guys who listen to the show regularly I went on my first uh, quote unquote vacation uh, about a month ago in, mm-hmm. in February in 10 and a half years. It was the first uh, trip I went on that was not, I wasn't being paid to go on. It wasn't a work trip. Yeah. yeah. F- since uh, the hun- our honeymoon. Okay. So when I got there, the first two days, the first three days, and I only went Monday through Saturday. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was full of guilt and anxiety the whole day, no matter what I did. Mm. And what ended up happening was I ended up on the phone with my brother and with the guys here at First Form or in a group text almost the whole day. And so I, I got, I like, I went back to work because I was so uncomfortable not working. Mm. And <clears throat> I realized while I was there that that wasn't like the point. <laughs> the point is you're supposed to not do that shit. And, and, and detach from it. And so for the last couple of days, I was able to detach without much anxiety or guilt, but it was still there. And I think what it is, dude, is it's just a result of difference. You know, when we do something over and over and over and over again for, for and, and, and by the way, this can be building a business. I'm, I'm doing this day after day, after day, after day, week after week, after week, after week, month after month, after month, year after year, et cetera. And the minute we get something different, we're going to have anxiety and stress and guilt. And I think that's normal if you're in that. And I also think that if you did nothing, I think if you did nothing every single day, that you're going to feel the stress when you start to do something. So I think that anxiety and that guilt and that stress comes from just being outside of our normal routine. And I think for people like you who are asking this question and people like me, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing that we cannot operate outside of our day-to-day routine. And so I've had to put, since I got back from vacation, I've been putting in some true effort into trying to get more comfortable not working every single day. Mm -hmm. So like I've, the last four or five weekends, you guys probably noticed, I don't really post too much on the weekends. I'm trying to put my phone in a different place. That's part of that plan. Yeah, trying yeah. to put my phone in a different place of the house um, to where I'm not connected to it all the time. Uh, making some adjustments so that I can be more comfortable in the times I'm not working because I don't think it's healthy to feel that sort of guilt and anxiety just because you're taking some time for yourself. Remember, we build this shit and we work on all this shit so that we can have a life and when our life becomes our work, which, dude, is okay, certain people have to do that, right? Like, I'm built for that shit. I have to do it. And I have to do it so that all of these people that work with me and every different company that I own 
they can have lives, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I understand I'm going to have to wear more of it and I'm comfortable with that. But I also think it's good for us to be aware that we need to be able to operate without that as well. Otherwise, like, dude, you kind of lose the whole meaning of life. Like the whole meaning of life is not, and I say this with a caveat because most people, Lou Carella says this the right way and I can't say it better than him, but he says, you know, lazy people will do all the work in the world or or, or, uh, successful people will work hard as fuck and they will still feel lazy. Mm -hmm. And lazy people will do a little bit of work and feel like they worked hard as fuck. And that's, that's the paradox of people. So like I say this with a caveat because for most people, most people do not work hard enough. Most people never could even relate to this question because they don't even do that level of, of commitment to whatever it is they do. They might have a job. You might work fucking eight, 10 hours a day. You, you go home on the weekends and you don't think twice about the fucking what you're doing. It's a completely different fucking life. Yeah. When you're an entrepreneur and you have responsibilities, your, li- your work becomes your life. It's just part of it. And when you get to the point where you're working so much and so hard that you have a problem detaching from work, it's time for you to do some work on that so that you can have some peace and some life that is actually yours. And that's something for me that I actually learned from watching Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is somebody who I, I you know, I'm not a basketball guy, but you know, I admired his drive and his tenacity and his work ethic. And I felt very parallel to that through his career in my career, even though he was doing basketball and I was doing business. I felt very similar. And when he passed away in that helicopter crash, actually, you were with me when we found mm-hmm. out. We were right over there. Yeah. And um, that made me realize, like, oh, shit, dude, like, I got to, like, remember that this is not everything because I know what he was thinking. He was thinking, I'll work my entire life. I'll do everything I fucking can. And now I'm done with basketball. Now I'm going to live my life. And he never got a chance to live it. So that was like an eye opener for me to where I needed to realize, like, okay, I need to. I need to at least create a level of comfort with me not working that doesn't cause me stress, guilt, and anxiety. And so that, and as, as, as funny as that sounds to some of you, like you listening, that's real shit. Like yeah. a lot of people will hear that and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't have any, like, dude, I, I can't wait to get away from it. Yeah. Well, you're the people I'm talking about who, yeah. who work very little and yeah. think they work hard as fuck. You're, you're not getting it's it. It's like you truly earned that. You can't yeah. even relate to the people on the other side of the equation. So for a lot of people, this question is not going to make a lot of sense. But I do get it. I do struggle with it. And I think it takes a conscious effort for you to detach and try to remember that the reason that you do all this stuff is not to do it. That's, it's, we're not doing it to do it. We're doing it so that we can actually have a better life. Yeah. And, and that goes for not just your customers, not just your employees, not just the people in your company. Because you can get caught up in that. Like I get caught up in that. I get caught up in like, dude, I have to go because I have to create opportunity. I have to create um, a a career. I'm I'm committed to this. I'm responsible for this. And I take responsibility for the lives and careers of the people who work for my companies. Lead by example. Yeah. So I, so I bear that burden. Right. But you got to remember that there's, there's, you're supposed to do that for yourself too. And it's important for us, especially you high-driven type A bad motherfuckers that go really fucking hard. It is important for us to learn how to have some time away. So, yes, I relate. Yes, it's a struggle. And that's how I deal with it. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a work in progress for me. For sure. Do you think like the because uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like reasons why that like like other reasons why I guess that guilt and anxiety would creep in. Do you find yourself or have you seen other people that have this fear of like, well, shit, if I step away, then the whole house will catch fire and burn to the ground? Well, I don't feel that way. That's that a lot of people feel that is way. Is a common thing? Yes, yeah. it's very common. And the reason that happens is because you're, you haven't built out the systems, the structure or the people to operate your business when you step away. That's not my problem. My problem is not that shit falls apart whenever... Um, I step away, dude. I have tremendous people, and like, dude, first form is filled with tremendous people. S two is filled with, with tremendous people. Our cannabis business filled with tremendous people. Fucking everything else we do, it, like, I have the people. I'm not yeah. worried about that. I could, I could go home and not come back, and shit would still grow. That's not for me. That's a big. 
if you're one, if you're in that boat, that means you have to look at your systems. You have to look at the quality of your leadership, and you need to make some investments in your systems and your structure and your people. Mm-hmm. That's a valid valid concern for people. I had that concern back in the early two thousands when it was just me and Chris. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but more so, I think it comes from a place of this. I've been highly competitive in business for tw- almost for twenty four years. All right, that's a quarter of a century. When you run and compete at that level for that long and that hard, you, 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 and I want to, I'm saying this not because like, I just can't think of a better word, but it changes you and it's, it traumatizes you to the point where you're always competing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm competing in everything. Like, bro, when you and I are out doing cardio, I'm trying to compete on my walk pace. Yeah. Like it, it, and, that's a great thing for business. But the problem is, is that when you unplug from it, like, and dude, we see this a lot with pro athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see athletes who were great at what their sport was. They pull, they get done competing and they fucking kill themselves, yeah. right? Like there's a number of athletes that have been great athletes that end up fucking killing themselves or destroying their lives or burning their whole entire shit to the ground because they don't know how to operate outside of that environment. And that comes from years and years and years because, dude, think of it for an athlete. Like, okay, like let's just say Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady played, what, 20-something years in the fucking NFL at the highest level, by the way. The best fucking player that ever played in the NFL. And you can't argue it. It's statistically proven. He played that competitive for 20 years before that. Right, right. Okay, so like you have to understand right. that like people that compete at this level this is not something they turn on and off. Mm-hmm. This is who the fuck they are. And I am that way. I'm built that way. I've always been that way. And, uh, you know, after running like that for, for, you know, that long of a time, guys, like it, it's hard. It's, You're acclimated to it. Dude, it, it becomes hard not to do. Yeah. And it becomes hard to relate to people that aren't like that. It becomes like, and people think you're a dick, like, like. It's it's weird. It's a weird thing. But this is why, you know, you're going to see Tom Brady go out and become successful and all sorts of other shit because his competitive nature is to compete. Mm-hmm. And that's just who the fuck he is. And some people are fucking like that. I happen to be built like that. Yeah. I can't help it. And it's so if you ever like, like it's never I'm being a dick or like anything. It's just, dude, I have a hard time not in that environment. Like yeah. I don't do well in social, just regular social chill environments. Yeah. And like, that's something I've been trying to improve upon. For sure. I mean, I, th- I think there's something to be said, too, about, like, the harvesting aspect of it, right? Like, where you are today right now is because of the work that was put in years ago. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a solid understanding knowing that, okay, well, I have to do work today for the next five that's a, fucking That's years. what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, dude, if, you, if you're in business and Once you, you understand that, it's yeah, hard but to, see, Dude, yeah. I also clearly understand that the minute that I stop, someone else is taking my shit. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. business doesn't fucking stop. It right. just goes somewhere else. Right. Okay. So right. like you have to, uh, like, I clearly understand that delayed gratification position. So like, if like what I tell you guys, like when I say, Hey dude, I'm trying to build an iconic American brand, uh, that is, you know, the new quote unquote Nike's type brand in, in America. Like we're now we're nowhere near that. So like, you have to understand my goals are so fucking big that I know that if I want to be where I'm at, I have to give, I have to put in that time now. Yeah. And that's why when people look at me and they see like the success that, that I've been able to, you know, build personally, they can't understand why I go so hard. Well, the reason I go so hard is because bro, we're not even cl- we, we've just now built the launch platform right. to do what we're trying to do. Rocket ain't even and built by it. the way, <laughs> I don't have these connections and I don't have connections to the guys at the federal reserve or all these big fucking billionaire motherfuckers to give me money and fund my shit. Klaus ain't never came No, bro. Yet. <laughs> my companies are debt free. Yeah. I don't, none of my companies owe fucking anything. Yeah. They don't have, I don't have a line of credit for any of my companies. All my companies are hundred percent fucking owned, paid for and, and debt free. And there's, I promise you, there is very few companies that operate at the level that we operate at that are like that. If any, if any. Okay. So that, I'm not that good. I'm not that gifted. I don't have those connections. So I have to go that hard right. to even have a shot to be where the fuck I want to be and where I think we could be. So uh, 
But at the same time, bro, like it, it wears on you. It's, it's real shit. Like it'll wear you the fuck out. And so like you have to, like I'm a big thing for me. It's not like I'm, I'm trying to uh, go, go less hard. But what I have figured out over the last few, about the last month or so, is that if I do take a day or two a week to unplug, I actually do go that much harder on the days I'm here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Five or six other days that you're putting. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, there's truth to that. The problem is people take that who are lazy and undisciplined. (laughs) Yes. And then the one or two days become three or four days. This is why you can't talk. This is why I don't talk about luck. Mm. Like, does luck exist? Yeah, fucking exists. Am, Am I lucky? I've been lucky a few times. But motherfucker, I worked my fucking balls off for the last 24 years, every single fucking day, seven days a week. Like I said on the show with, with Yoder, like, dude, a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize that. Like when times were good, I was still working that hard. When times were bad, I was still working that hard. When you were on vacation, when you were celebrating this, when you were doing this and going out with your boys and doing this shit for 24 years, imagine the last 24 years. The in, go back in your life right now, and imagine the last 24 years of your life. Some of you aren't even that old yet. And since the day that you were born, I have been working like that. Okay. So like, that's a hard habit to break. That's a hard, like when it's in you, it's fucking in you. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, dude, I really understand that question very well. But, you know, I also am starting to realize, you know, like, look, I got to have a little bit of me life, a yeah. little bit of my own life. Right. And, and, uh, and it's been something I've been trying to reconcile, I'd say, for the last eight or nine months. I think getting off Lexapro for me really made me, really made me realize that. Yeah. Um, That's real, man. But yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know. The point, the point I was making about luck, I didn't finish that point. The point I was making is, yeah, did I get fucking lucky a couple times? For sure. But I was working the whole time. And mm-hmm. see, motherfuckers that are fucking lazy and don't do shit and won't put in that time and they think they deserve all the shit that I have, those people will say, oh, he's lucky. Motherfucker, where were you calling me lucky when I was fucking not able to pay my bills? Where were you calling me lucky when I was leave- living in the back of my first fucking store? Where-, where were you calling me lucky when for the first 10 years of business combined, I made 58,000 fucking dollars? Where were you calling me lucky all the times I've been like fucking stressed out to the point where I wanted to blow my fucking brains out? Where, where were you? Was that lucky too? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I don't talk about luck because, dude, the losers of the world will take that and use that as an excuse as to why they can't get anywhere. The reality is, is if you work really fucking hard, you're going to hit a few fucking home runs and people are going to look and you're going to say, they're going to say, well, that was lucky. And it might've been, but the reality and the more likely reality is it's the product of you positioning yourself in the right time. And then it happens that the right circumstances happen and you're ready and it looks like luck. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't like to talk about these circumstantial things because I think they're so, they represent so few of the successes and wins in reality that when you do talk about it, people start people will label that on their whole life. I can't help those people. Yeah. Those people will take every fucking reason. You know, I was born to the wrong parents. I was unlucky. I was uh, you know, went to the wrong school. I didn't know the right people. You know, um Whatever, my whatever. Pet goldfish died, and whatever, yeah. whatever the excuses. People are experts at taking a story and making it the entire reason that they waste their entire life, and that's that's why I try not to talk about certain things like luck because people take it the wrong fucking way. Yeah, you know that's real, man. I uh, love it, guys. Uh, Andy, question number two. Andy, what are the top three skills that people lack that hold them back from achieving anything great in life? If you had to list them out. One would definitely be awareness of self. Okay. It would be you confusing the truth for what you believe to be true. Those two things are not the same. And so the inability to see yourself for what you actually are, to see your efforts for what they actually are, to see your life for what it actually is, good and bad. Is probably the number one thing that keeps people from doing anything. Because if you can't see the truth about yourself and you can't evaluate your own work ethic or your own abilities or your own results that you have or have not produced and then take responsibility for them because you're aware, 
you really can't do anything. Yeah. So I think that's the number one. I think number two, people have an unrealistic expectation of timeline. I think a lot of people think because of the internet and because of marketers that they can become wealthy, successful, fit, famous, and a bad motherfucker in two fucking weeks for $997. And you can't fucking do that. That doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. So having a real expectation of time and understanding that is going to take much longer than you actually think it's going to take um, is an important aspect for people. Like perseverance? Tie that in maybe? It's, 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 no, it's expectation. Because if you have the correct expectation for time, then you're less likely to quit because you're like, oh, well, I've been doing this for, you know, like most people are like, I've been doing this for three months. It didn't fucking work. Well, motherfucker, it takes fucking three years. Right. That's a real thing. Okay. Um, And then, you know, I do think the last part of it is discipline. I think discipline is the number, you know, mental toughness, discipline, fortitude, grit, all of those things come together and overall mental toughness and mental capacity to overcome. That is, you know, the first two, the reason I put the first two things ahead of that thing is because without those, you don't even need to know, you don't even know that you need to work on your discipline. Right. All right. You're not aware enough. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think those three things, um, and, and I think, you know, in that order, I think yeah. in that order, you know, uh, uh, awareness, awareness, realistic expectation of time. Uh, and then, you know, the understanding of, of mental toughness as a whole, meaning discipline, fortitude, grit, perseverance, self-worth, confidence, self-belief, all of these things work together uh, to create, you know, a you that can actually push forward and succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think most people lack at least one of those, if not all three of those, in reality. I mean, we live in a victim culture world. We live in a world where everybody is celebrated for passing the buck, kicking the can down the road, talking about their hardships, crying about their fucking traumas. And that's not the world I grew up in. The world I grew up in, you were celebrated for the results that you produced, a meritocracy, a true meritocracy. And that's the reality, whether we want to pretend it's not or or it is it, it just is it's natural order so we have to understand that you will whether no matter what the fuck you think no matter what you think right now i don't give a fuck who you are or what you think of me you think you might think none of that shit matters and you might think oh i'm on this journey to find myself and none of that shit is matters and blah 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 bro come find me in 10 years come find me in 20 years come find me in five years and I promise you, at one of those phases, you're going to look at me and you're going to say, fuck, I wasted the last five years. I wasted the last 10 years. I wasted the last 20 years thinking that shit was us one way when in reality it is another way. And I'm just telling you, natural order in nature, winners win and losers kick rocks. And that's reality. And you're going to be judged upon the results you produce, whether that's with your family, whether that's with your business, whether that's with your fitness. And nobody gives a flying fuck about what you could have been or what you could have done or what hardships you face. They just don't. They might fucking clap. They might like it. They might share it. They might, they might give you some sympathy or some sort of understanding conversation, but in the reality, they don't fucking care. And if you buy into that, like you're, that's your way of identifying yourself as a victim in all these different ways, you are going to lose. And at the end of your life, you're going to have nothing to show for your entire life. Nothing, nothing. And I can't think of anything worse than that. And that's what society is propagating. Society is propagating victim culture that keeps people stuck and believing that they can't move forward. And the reason that they can't move forward is some reason out of their control or circumstantial when in reality, there's very few circumstances that can actually keep us where we are. We choose to stay where we are by quitting. We choose to stay where we are by not continuing to go down the path. The circumstances are going to come and they're going to come over and over and over and over and over your entire life. Your job is to build yourself into someone who's equipped to handle these circumstances as they come in an effective manner over and over and over again. So the reality is you can't change the weather, but you can change your preparation for the weather. And so if you build yourself into someone who's a bad motherfucker, that can handle these situations as they come through life, 
you're going to be far more successful than the person who gets hit with one wave of hardship and then tells that story for the rest of their life. That's, that's reality. And there's no arguing. it. It's just the way it is. And so you guys can all choose to believe and celebrate your own victimhood and share your fucking sad stories. And honestly, just be fucking total pussies. All right. Or you can decide to be better and you can decide I'm not going to be a victim. You can decide I'm going to be the reason that other people overcome because I've shown them my story of overcoming. Mm. And that's noble. There's nobility in that. When you push through these hard circumstances and you learn to overcome them by developing that third skill that we talked about, discipline, mental toughness, grit, fortitude, perseverance, self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence, all of these things that encompass mental toughness, now you're in a position to truly inspire people because, dude, when people see you overcome hard shit, they overcome hard shit. That's how it works. There's no nobility in being the societal victim. And the longer that we delay the understanding that the powers that be in the world profit from our victimhood in multiple different ways, the longer we stay in that system where we can't move forward. So you have to take responsibility and you have to realize that victimhood is a fucking clown show and it doesn't matter how hard the shit has been for you. And that doesn't mean it's invalid. That doesn't mean it. I'm not saying it's not, not hard. Dismissing it. Yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't hard. What I'm saying is it ain't going to be the last time it's hard. And so what I'm saying is you'd be better off building yourself into someone who can handle these hard situations so that that way your kids and your brothers and your sisters and your neighbors and your friends and your, your, everybody in society sees you overcome this, bro. That's inspiring shit. We talk about all this shit going on in the world all the time and how fucked up it is. Most of it can be solved by adopting this attitude, by becoming a hard motherfucker that can overcome the hard shit and do so in a way where other people see it and then fucking know that they can do it too. Yeah. Dude, I, like, especially on the piece, your second point of like the expectation of time, I think it was Don Cheadle, um, the actor, but he had said something to the effect of like, you know, dude, we get, if, if we're lucky, right? I know we don't want to talk about luck. If you're lucky, you get about 75 years, give or take on this planet. That's, that's 75 uh, winters, 75 springs, 75 summers, 75 falls, right? I've already spent 27 of them. You spent 42 of them, Mm -hmm. 43 of them, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like to even just to think that like one little rainstorm in this metaphor here, like to allow that to ruin the rest of your, it makes zero sense. Think about it, bro. Okay, let's just talk about it in those terms. Let's just take a guy who's 30 years old. Yeah. And by the time you're 30, you're going to have gone through some real shit. I don't care who you are. Yeah. All right? And- you get stormed on real hard, like when you're 29. And when you're 30, instead of going back outside in the weather, you stay inside for the next fucking 60 years saying, fuck, dude, the last time I went out there, I got fucking rained on real hard. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, there's no more bitch shit than that. It's the most bitch shit ever. Yeah. Like, and dude, a lot of you guys, like real talk, you guys have fucking given up. And you're fucking telling yourselves bullshit stories that are not relevant. You're telling yourself you're too young. You're telling yourself you're too old. You're telling yourself you didn't come from the right household. You're telling yourself you're the wrong race. You're telling yourself you're in the wrong position. You don't know the right people. You don't have the fucking monetary means. You don't have the resources. It doesn't matter. Even if you have all of those things working against you, there are still thousands of people who have accomplished what it is that you want to accomplish and more. Okay? So, like, we have no valid excuses. And this is not me saying that you haven't had it hard. This is not me saying that you don't have real gripes but the reality is is those gripes create a tremendous story on the back end when you succeed in spite of those yeah i know what i'm capable of dude it's the most noble thing we can do i believe it's an american obligation i believe it's an obligation for us as americans to be resilient and tough and people who overcome these circumstances so that our kids and our neighbors and our culture can witness that and realize how relatively easy it is to overcome these things. We're not, I know if, if you're in the victim stage right now, I know like you're hearing this and it's probably pissing you off, but it's the truth. It's the truth. You're your own worst fucking enemy and culture is, is working to keep you in this exact spot that you're in for the rest of your life. Do you, if you're one of these people out there that's mad at me right now hearing this, do you really want to spend the rest of your fucking life living how you live right fucking now 
Because that's what you're going to get if you don't get out of this mindset. And bro, we talk about the problems. We have the media, the culture. Bro, the therapy space is a big propagator of this. Okay, it's a $380 billion a year industry. Mm -hmm. Most of the therapists out there propagate victim culture so that you keep coming to them to get fucking paid. So they help you create this mental jail about all this shit that you have wrong with you. And then you can't escape it because it's coming from someone credible. So it's very dangerous. And we have to fucking identify where these things come from. And if I were you, I would adopt an attitude right now of fuck you. And here's what I mean by that. Oh, fuck you. You think I've got this problem? Oh, fuck you. I've got depression. Oh, fuck you. I've got fucking anxiety. Well, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. That's the attitude you got to have. You got to have a fuck you attitude, bro. And when people try to put you in a box or get you to create a mental jail or tell you you can't because you're, you have something about you, you have to fucking call bullshit on that and realize and look for the examples of people who look like you, who came from places that you came from, who fucking have worse circumstances than you that still want. And that's what we have to do because we live in a society that profits heavily off victimhood. Okay. It's not just therapy either. The data streaming services, the medical industry, the fucking information, social media, food, food, all of these big giant businesses win when you give up on yourself. They all make more money when you decide, fuck, I'm a poor little me and this is all I'm ever going to be. So I might as well sit here and order Pizza Hut and fucking watch Netflix and order DoorDash and never take care of myself and never make any money and never do shit. This is how they get you. So like, dude, it's just, and this is why point number one, self-awareness. You have to be aware of self. And when you're aware of self, it becomes easier to be aware of your circumstances. Absolutely, man. Uh, Guys, Andy, our third and final question. Andy, question number three. Andy, I am 17 years old. Very simple question. How do I go about making the best first impression possible? Man, this is a great question. This is a great question. Do not be afraid. Do not be intimidated. All right? This goes for 17, 27, 37, 47, 57. It doesn't fucking matter. This is for everybody. When you want to meet someone and you, you want them to know who you are and you want to stand out, okay, it's a, there's a very simple way to do this, and it works every time. Walk directly up to the person, stick your fucking hand out, and say, hey, I know who you are. I wanted to introduce myself. I'm Andy Frisella. I work here for you, or I do this, or I'm a fan, or I do this or that. Tell your 30-second tell your speech and say, and shake their hand firmly and look them right in the fucking eye and be like, it's an honor to meet you, or it's nice to meet you. Those kind of introductions, which used to be the standard. No. Most people never understand that. And so like, dude, most 17-year-old kids get lost in the churn and most 27-year-old kids get lost in the churn because they lack the confidence to simply go up and say, hey, I'm Steve. Nice to meet you. I, thank you for this or I love this and you know, share a little bit about themselves. And I just want you to know who I am. Yeah. The, dude, that, it makes such a fucking impact because realize, we live in a world of entitlement where a lot of these fucking young people, they think it's my motherfucking job to know their name. No, bitch. It's your job to make your name known to me. Okay? And one of the best ways that you could fucking make your no, name known to me is by showing some grown person confidence and walking yeah. the fuck up and saying, hey, I'm fucking Steve. Nice to meet you. And share a little bit. Have a little bit of conversation. And by the way, don't be annoying. That's yeah. another thing. Do not be annoying. Do not fucking be so eager for the next step and the next step and the progression of the relationship because likely the people that you're trying to make a first impression on have these kind of people come to them all day long and the minute they smell some inauthenticity or the minute, they, the minute I smell that you're sucking dicks, you're out, bro. Yeah. You're fucking out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want those. I don't want fucking dick suckers. You can suckers. stand out just by Listen, doing bro, that. Yeah. I don't want dick suckers. Yeah. I don't want ego pushers. And, right. and, and another thing, don't say, I'm not trying to suck your dick. <laughs> okay, that's another thing these young kids all say. I'm not trying to kiss your ass, but yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's a turn off too. Do not fucking do that. Yeah. That shows total insecurity, total, total lack of confidence. Total, and by the way, you're, you're positioning yourself to be very small compared to this person here. Mm. 
Because that's a very small thing to say or think. Yeah. Oh, I'm not trying to kiss your ass. Why would I think you're trying to kiss my ass, bro? We just met. <laughs> okay. What right. you're doing is you're trying to, you're now, you're now revealing to me your own lack of confidence. Your insecurities. And your own positioning of where you think you are to me. Mm. And see, dude, people, people that have, like, you're not going to fool someone like me. Yeah. You're not going to fool someone up the ladder that's been around every type of person for fucking quarter of a century, bro. You're not the first motherfucker that tried to snake his way in. Mm -hmm. You're not fooling me. Your little fake ass fucking compliments and fucking jokes and shit. Don't fool me yeah. at all. I would I much rather respect someone who treats me like a fucking equal, even if they know they're not a quote unquote equal in maybe the business sense. Right. Mm -hmm. I want someone who's going to exude confidence on their own. Those are the people that are attractive, not just to me, to anybody. Yeah. OK, so if you want to make a good impression. Stick your fucking hand out. Say, hey, I'm Steve. This is what I do. I love what you do. Blah, blah, blah. Very nice to meet you. And then fucking walk away. Mm. Okay? And then next time, hey, Andy, what's up, man? It's good to see you. Walk away. Mm -hmm. And build the rapport over time, which is the way rapport is built. There's no way to build rapport in a short amount of time. No. Time is a necessary mm -hmm. aspect. Just like baking a cake, bro. Like, this is what you motherfuckers do. You motherfuckers... Think that you're going to bake the fucking 45 minute cake in 10 minutes by being fucking annoying. Put on a thousand degrees. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And you burn the cake. And now I'm like, that dude's annoying. Get the fuck away from me. Now, when I see you coming, I walk the other fucking way. Mm. All right. That's what you don't real want, shit, man. I'm, no, I'm giving you free game here, dude. This real is real shit. shit. Yeah. People are going to say, well, that's ego. I don't give a fuck. And maybe it is egotistical. I've earned it. I fucking know exactly what the <laughs> fuck. Listen, that's the difference, though, man. And I know this is true, not just for you, like, because I see- Bro, the, you like, see it. It's, I see it. Bro, see you, it. you, okay. Wh all right. I see it. All right, hold on. Real talk. <laughs> what happens every single time this happens? All right, DJ is my personal fucking security guard. We have a, a, a many man detail that operates for first form, my house and everything. It's a whole operation. DJ is my personal, he's with me every single fucking time somebody comes up and meets me nearly, okay? Now, if someone comes up and they act all fucking weird and they, and they fucking kiss ass and shit. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to tell the truth. Okay. Do not fucking lie. All right. Don't fucking try to make me look nicer than I am. Okay. okay. What a no, because this is a point to be okay. made. Yeah, yeah. What happens the minute they walk away? You, you, we look at each other and, and you give me the look. Yep. And, and typically, it's always something along. Oh, yep. Never again. That guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Or uh, or did you fucking see that fucking guy? Yeah. Or, yeah. Di or did you fucking notice how he tried to suck dicks? Mm -hmm. Or look how fucking annoying that was. He's immediately off the list. Okay. Forever. Yeah. yeah. Forever. Yep. Forever. Because you think you're smart and you're selling someone who is better at selling than you. Yeah. Okay. Let's show him what the look looks like just for you two. Ready? Wait. You just shook your hand. Yeah. I'm, well, ready? <laughs> and then that's when that's that's when you're like three feet away yeah, right right okay? right and when you get to be 10 feet away now it's like this bro, bro you fucking yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> that's what it is and so just yeah. understand yeah that that's what happens and i'm giving you a and that's no, not this is just, real shit though, that's man. not just me yeah that's anybody that you're trying to make a fucking first impression with and you and you fucking get too eager or you get mm -hmm. weird or you start like Bro, Hermosi and I have a fucking thing that we talk about all the time for new, new, new contacts. Yeah. There's a six-month probationary period. Mm. That means six months of legitimate rapport building. Because, like, dude, what happens is people will ask you for something very quickly, yeah. right? Donate to my fucking charity. I want to do business with you. Invest in this. Uh, you know, yeah. I think I can save you money on your credit card, pro whatever the fuck it is, okay? <laughs> like, it, it, they, there's always an angle. And mm -hmm. when you expose that angle immediately, I already know that the whole relationship is a fraud anyway. Yeah. I fucking know it That's immediately. That's the only reason. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, take your time building rapport. You know, like, bro, when I was fucking no, like when I had no social presence, none, none at all. This is actually big. This is actually a super valuable story for you guys. So Gary V, and, and it's, it's no, everybody knows that I'm friends with Gary and everybody knows that I don't agree with everything that Gary says. And by the way, Gary doesn't agree with everything I say. And you know what? We're still fucking buddies. Yeah. Okay. And I love that man because of that. When I met him, he, it was like 2012, 13. Mm -hmm. I didn't have very much. I had just discovered Instagram. I hadn't had the podcast yet. I didn't know shit, but here's what I did. I read his book. Uh, crush it. Mm -hmm. And I put some of the principles in play. 
And my company went from a million dollar company to like 35 million in like two years. It went quick from just that one fucking, the shit that I read in this book. And I wrote him a letter and I said, hey dude, I just want you to know, and this is a real genuine statement. I just want you to know, like I see how much work you put out. I see how, how much you put into this. And I told him my story and I said, look, I own first form supplement superstores. And I told him the story. I told him how we grew the brand. I told him how his book helped me. And I didn't expect shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect a response. I didn't expect a, a fucking fuck you or fucking anything. I, I was just hoping in a genuine way that, cause I could see this dude killing himself. And if you watch Gary, bro, the guy kills himself. Like look, look at him. He hustled. And by the way, that's not an act. He fucking works harder than fucking anybody I've ever met in my life. All right. That dude reaches back out to me and sends me a fucking email. All right. And he says, Hey man, can you come to New York? And I'm like, well, yeah, fuck. I'll come to New York. Like, so I flew to New York and I, we met for dinner. All right. Now I thought, cause we met at 10 o'clock at night. That was sure. our meeting. All right. Now, if you were to meet someone at 10 o'clock at night, would you assume that you were spending the evening with them? Right? Like, not, not like spending the night at their house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, we're, we're hanging out from 10 until we're having a nightcap and we're done. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're going to. No. This motherfucker met with me for one hour. Hmm. He had a meeting at 11, he had a meeting at 12, and he had a meeting at 1 a.m. Jeez. And that's real shit. That's a real story. That's a, that's a side story. And so, like, dude, you guys that think that motherfucker doesn't preach what he, do what he preaches, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. Now, secondly, when I wrote that letter, all right, and we had that meeting, he gave me a ton of free game, bro, like a ton of, on my business. Now I had, you know, a, I was $35, $40 million. Now I took that and I turned it into a fucking $150 million fucking super quick, okay? And... In that time, I, I, I started podcasting. I started doing my Instagram, which I don't really do Instagram anymore. You guys know that. I haven't posted since 2020. Um, but now I'm focusing on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And I built my, because my main social media is the show. Like my main, my main platform is this show and it always has been. And I, I wouldn't have any of that shit without that dude giving me that free game. Real talk, mm-hmm. okay? But had I went to him, and by the way, dude, like I've hung out with Gary fucking 10 times total. Like, you know, it's not like we're fucking going to Sunday brunch and fucking like going to the soup. Like, by the way, you know, we will. We're just so yeah. fucking busy now that we don't do that shit. But like the point is, is that I was able to cultivate a, a really good relationship that, that springboarded me tremendously by just being genuine, dude, Without asking and not for being anything. needy, and yeah. not being fucking, not being. And bro, he wrote about me in his book, crushing it. You know, after when he wrote crushing it, uh, I had had massive success with MF CEO, and he wrote about me. Uh, I'm actually, I think, the last chapter in his book. But the point is, is like that dude did a lot for me, and he did a lot for me not because I asked for it, but because I was showing genuine gratitude for what he had done for me already. Yeah, and just taking what he put in yeah, into action. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it, dude. And like you guys, like, and and this these lessons go for anybody that you're trying to make a good impression on. But if you're talking about me, like I'm talking to you guys now, not from from me to you guys. The biggest thing I ever want is for you guys to go win. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. But I want you to take the information. I want you to go out. I want you to create an amazing story. And that's why I do this. Yeah. And I know that's why Gary does it too. It's real. I, he, Absolutely. That's, that's, that's how he does it. But my point is, shake a hand, look in the eye, don't ask for shit, don't be needy, be confident. Yeah. Those things go a long fucking way, bro. Like, dude, like when someone starts here in the building, you know, most of them do not come up and talk to me. And there's people who have worked here for two or three years that I still don't even know their fucking name hmm. because they have not come up to me. And it's not my job to go to you. Right. It's your job to come to me. And there's people who have handicapped themselves inside my companies because they don't have the courage to go do something very simple, which is shake a hand, look in the eye and say, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And that I respect that. And so does every other successful person that I know 
And probably every per now are there celebrities that are going to say, fuck you. Yeah, dude, maybe those yeah, people, sure. a lot of those people didn't really earn their place in life. Right. People who have earned their place in life, they respect the fuck out of that. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. And so I just want to clarify, especially to the younger crowd. So I don't need to go lease a new Lambo. No. In fact, I don't need a $5,000 seat suit to come meet you for the first time. No. In fact, bro. Do I do go back to what we talk about whenever I meet people like that? Do I not make fun of them right after they walk away? <laughs> like you ain't fooling me with your fucking least hurricane, bro. Right. Right. You're not. I, I understand how you got that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you're not fooling me. That shit don't fool me. Like be real. Yeah. It's, it's very fucking simple. Yeah. Bro. My like, dude, what kind of clothes do I, dude, I wear free clothes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm wearing free clothes. Like I'm wearing free shorts. I'm wearing Fruit of the Loom fucking seven in a pack Walmart underwear. Yeah. I'm wearing, this is a free shirt. This shirt is free. This hat is fucking free. Right. I wear free fucking clothes, bro. You, dude, you're not a, now, now when I wear a suit, I wear the right suit. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. No okay. No but doubt. that's, that's, that's a, what I'm saying, like come in here with your Balencia ridiculous shit on. With your fucking big fat fucking diamond out, bro. I already know what I'm dealing with. I already know because real motherfuckers don't fucking act like that. Yeah, they don't. They don't act like that. So, just be I, authentically you. Yeah, that's it, bro. And if you're 17 years old and you don't have shit, fucking own that shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't have shit now, but one day, motherfucker, I am. But ain't I'm gonna use your shit to go get some shit. Hey, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. Like I love when people have the confidence of like, and th dude. And then another thing is, don't say this. This is something that people say that annoys the fuck out of me. You and me are exactly the same. Oh, yeah. We, the fuck we are. We also talk about that. No, <laughs> no. Dude, do you not remember me calling that dude out on stage in California yeah, one yeah, time? Yeah. That dude said that to me? Yeah. I had this dude say that to me on fucking stage when I was like, he goes, you and me are the same. And I'm like, bro, you're 350 fucking pounds. You might have been the same as me fucking seven, eight years ago. Yeah. We ain't the fucking same right now. No. That's why I have a shirt on 75 hearts says we ain't the same. Okay. So don't insult someone by saying something like you and me are exactly the same or dude, we're the, we're alike or we're this. No, we're not. We may think alike. You may think we're alike. Similar beliefs. But, but see, yeah. you're in the fucking beginning and I'm down the road over here. And through all this process, I've earned the right to not be like you. All right. Now you have to go out and earn that right. And that's not me shitting on people. That's just the fact of the matter. When you look at me and you're fucking broke, and when you look at me and you're 400 fucking pounds, and you look at me and you, you don't have your shit together, you have no discipline, you have no drive, you never built anything, you're out drinking fucking three nights a week. When you look at me and say, bro, we're to say, that's an insult. Mm. That's an insult. Because I'm proud of what I've built. Yeah. I'm proud of the work I've put in. And like, that's just reality. So don't say that to people. And for you guys. Now think, say this. Yeah, instead. Yeah. Say, hey, I really resonate with the shit you say. Yeah. It really hits me. That's real shit. Yeah. But like saying we're the same, I hope one day we are, but we ain't right now. And for, for everybody that, that thinks that, you know, oh, that guy got butt hurt, he actually changed his fucking life, lost a shit ton of weight. We yeah. followed up with him. So, yeah. you know, there's that. Well, yeah. Oh, dude, I don't care. Like, look, <laughs> look, dude, my job is to tell the fucking truth. Mm. I do that man no service when he says we're the same. Sure are, brother. I mean, I, Here we I, are. That's right. I yeah. do him no service. No. So no, we're not the same. With all due respect, you have a long way to go to get to where we're the same. I hope you fucking get there. I'll give you all the tools to get there. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. And by the way, I'll tell you exactly how to do it for fucking free. Mm -hmm. Okay. Speaking of shit that's not free though. Uh, Arte Syndicate Live. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I'm an expert. See, this, see, see, from here to there, you learn a few things. Yeah, right, 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 right. One of them being seamless transitions, okay? <laughs> RJ Syndicate Live, April 22nd, St. Louis, Missouri. Ed Milet, myself, and a third speaker who happens to have one of the most powerful books on the market right now, who is the hottest name going right now, uh, are going to give a day of teaching, a day of entrepreneurial lessons, a day of... Uh, Real talk about how to navigate through this uncertain time that we're going to get into moving forward. And it's an opportunity for you to come to learn not only from us, but also connect with a ton of like-minded entrepreneurs who are also on the same path 
And that's April 22nd here in St. Louis. We have a few tickets left. Uh, and it's artesyndicate.com if you want to get tickets. And by the way, when I say a few, I mean just a few. And you should come. Nobody goes to these things and says, fuck, I wish I hadn't went. Doesn't happen. I do have a follow-up question on your uh, impressions question. Okay. Uh, somebody like you, if you meet somebody who you have been following along for a really long time, mm -hmm. let's say you like The Rock, irrespective of his political opinions. No, I do like The Rock. I, I do still like The Rock. Like A lot of people hate The Rock because he said some shit that he was probably very... Strongly encouraged to say, paid for it. It was yeah, probably right. very leveraged to say. Yeah. That's my personal belief. But I love The Rock. I think his body of work speaks for itself. I think he's done 99% great fucking example setting for young men. And I appreciate his body of work. Just because I disagree with him on one thing doesn't mean I don't love The Rock. I do mm -hmm. still love The Rock. Same like Arnold. Yeah. Well, Arnold's a little different because he was literally saying, screw your freedom. Yeah. And that's, that's a pretty hard thing to say. Now, at the same time, that's one thing out of 40, 50 fucking years that I can respect. So, like, I don't, I don't nail him on the cross for that. Just like I would hope people wouldn't nail me on the cross for the plethora of dumb shit that I say on the show, probably every fucking show. So, you know, I try to practice what I preach. Absolutely. So, anyway. So, let's say so, you... So, I'm walking down the airport, and here yeah, comes the rock. You're almost about to go on your private jet, but you see The Rock on the next jet next to you. Yeah. And you kind of know that you, the chances of meeting him again is very slim. Mm -hmm. So, and you have been following well, him. not really, because I'm going to own the biggest fucking iconic brand in the world. So, I get it. We're going to see each other again, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to put it in a very average, regular yeah. guy perspective. So yeah. you meet somebody who's been following for a long time and you know that you kind of only meeting them once. Mm -hmm. How are you, how would you go about talking to that person? And in, your, in the back of your head, like, you really want to be friends with them. But, and you, you know that you're not going to meet them again. How do you go about that? I, I, w I would do what most, here's what, if it were me personally, I probably wouldn't say anything. I would probably continue. I would probably get on my jet and say, there's the rock. That's fucking cool. And mm -hmm. I would go on my life and continue to build my life in, in, into something that he would one day respect. Oh, and that go. I would meet him. There you go. And so that we would meet on on some sort of other terms than that. That's how I would handle it. And the I last think thing you want is a guy fucking running up to a fucking private jet. Well, because I know what oh, that's like. Yo, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so hmm. personally, that's how I would handle it. But like, let's just say you're 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 not me. You haven't started, and you see the rock, and you're like, holy fuck, that's the fucking rock. First of all, I would be uh, situationally aware. Is he, is he trying to move? Is he trying to... Because, dude, there's nothing worse than trying to move through a public place and having people fucking stop you. It's mm -hmm. hard. It's, it's very frustrating. And I can't imagine what it's like for him. Yeah. It's, it's got to be... He does such a phenomenal job at dealing with the public and, and being, a, a, being a great star. Like, it's, it's just... I, he's just a good dude. Yeah. And um, so... That would how I would handle it. If I was just a normal... You know, regular dude, I saw The Rock, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's The Rock. Like, I would just go up, and I would say, hey, dude, and I'd stick my fucking hand out, just like I said in the thing, and I'd say, hey, I'm Andy. Listen, I really fucking appreciate everything you've done. I know, it's, I know you've worked extremely hard to get where you're at. It's incredibly inspiring. It's helped me, and I would fucking walk the fuck away. And I would make it quick. I would try not to disturb him. I probably wouldn't ask for a picture, and I would probably just, I would probably legitimately just go do what I said. I would try to build my life into a life that we would cross paths on one day. Mm -hmm. That's you know? a great perspective I yeah, didn't think that, of. Yeah, that's how I look at it. You know, and That's probably most people never think of that. If you really follow that person and idolize this person, if you want to gain their respect, do something that you can meet somewhere in the future. That, that's, that, that's amazing. That's how I look at it. That's how I've looked at it. Bro, like, look, look at the incredible, like, like Zeeshan, you know, bro, like, Look at the level of incredible people that I'm connected with. Especially with the people that you bring in on Arte. That's what I'm saying. Arte, the podcast. Like, bro, these are the biggest names in the fucking world that I'm connected with. I would have never connected with them had I not gone out and done my own work. Mm -hmm. they, I would just be some fucking dude. Just met somebody who's yeah, got yeah. a picture and posted yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And, and dude, that's another thing. Like, dude, with selfie culture, like, it's not cool to go up to someone and say, hey, bro, can I get a selfie? Like that, dude, that makes people feel like they're a fucking sideshow 
attraction. Mm-hmm. Like it's much cooler and better to 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 just have a genuine conversation. And, and and I know it sucks you don't get a picture for your Instagram or whatever, but the truth of the matter is, man, I just feel like that means so much more to both people. One hundred percent. Yeah. So that's you know that's my real answer to how I would handle that. That's a great perspective. So I love it, man. Yeah. Well, Andy, guys, that was three. Go pay the fee. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold.